0: going to begin our study today in the book of John, the gospel of John, and if you'll turn there with me, John chapter 15. We've been teaching on the subject of love, and uh, we again will look at verse uh, 12, John chapter 15 and verse 12. Jesus said, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Or as Jesus has loved us, Jesus' command is that we would love one another. Now, in order to do that, uh, God gave us eternal life. Amen? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting or eternal life and so when we believe on Jesus we're born again and when you're born again then your spirit is literally recreated your inner man your spirit man is born of God and we know in 1 John chapter 4 that God is love and he that dwells in love dwells in God and God in him and so if you're born of God then you're born of love (coughs) and if you're born of love then you have God's love on the inside of you. You have God's love nature, which then enables you to obey the command that Jesus gave here in John chapter 15 and verse 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as or in the same way that I have loved you. And so, Jesus' love indwelling us, uh, but now he wants us to express it. It's not enough to have it in you, he wants you to express it. Uh, He wants you to walk in it. He wants you to live it out. And so, uh, today we want to talk about developing or how to develop God's love in you. How to develop God's love in you. I looked up the word develop. The word develop in Webster says this, to become larger or fuller or better. Become larger, fuller, or better. In other words, you could be filled with the love of God in a greater measure. It means to grow or to evolve so you can grow in the love of God. The love of God is perfect in itself, but you are developing in this love, or you are growing in this love, and uh, you can become more full of the love of God, or you can increase in the measure of God's love. It means also to be disclosed, to be disclosed, or to reveal Uh, Another definition is to show or to work out by degrees. Show or to work out by degrees. To make known gradually. So uh, you're working out. The scripture says in Philippians chapter 2 verse 12. says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It doesn't mean that you're working for your salvation. Because Ephesians uh, 2 tells us clearly that. Uh, It's by grace you're saved, not of works, right? It's not of works, lest anyone should boast. It's by grace and by faith that you're saved. But once you're saved, you have salvation in you, or life in you, or uh, you have love in you. You got to work it out. How many brushed your teeth this morning? (laughs) Now we're all glad you did. I'm sure you. it just tastes better, doesn't it, right? And uh, so you brushed your teeth this morning, you used your toothpaste, and so if you have a full tube of toothpaste, it's not hard to work it out, is it? Because it's full of toothpaste. But if you're at the end of the tube, and you're, you are you can't find another tube in the house, and you're mm, squeezing it real hard to try to get something, whatever's left in there, but uh God wants us to be full of the love of God. It doesn't take uh, much pressure from this world that causes the love of God to just come out of you. Amen? And he so said, work out your own salvation or work out this love of God with fear and trembling. For it is God which works in you, verse 13. For it is God which works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. One of the things that is God's good, good pleasure is that you express or you reveal or you disclose on the outside who you are on the inside. The love of God that is in you would be revealed or disclosed on the outside. So to show, to work out by degrees, to reveal, to make known gradually. Then one last definition, it says, in photography, to put an exposed film or plate or printing paper in various chemical solutions in order to make the picture visible. In order to make the picture visible. Now, Photography nowadays, we have quite advanced photography. You can take it on your cell phone and you got an instant picture. But, in, of course, uh, in the old school and the way that film was developed, they, they put it in that solution, that chemical solution. And they've already taken the picture, but it needs to be visible, right? So you're developing The picture. You're developing the film. You're making it visible. So uh, today we want to talk about some of the, uh, illustratively of course, chemical solutions you need to dip your spirit in, in order for the love of God to start becoming visible. The image of God has already been placed within your spirit. You're created after God in righteousness and true holiness. You're created in the image of God because of this new birth, but God wants what's on the inside this image of God this love of God this life of God to become visible in your experience become visible in your attitude to become visible in your action to become visible in your words so, so now what's on the inside is revealed on the outside and so that's the developmental process praise God so it's not enough to have Jesus living in you we want you to Uh, let the world know right not enough to have the love of God in you Uh, they're going to know you're his disciples by the love you have one to another in other words you are now expressing it has become visible and it's coming out of you and expressed to another believer another individual another person and so now people really know that you're a christian They really know that Christ is in you. Uh, They might question it prior to that, but when the love of God is so prevalent in your life that it's coming out of you, then they say, now that's a real Christian. Are you with me? And so we want to develop the love of God in us. Remember, the love of God itself is perfect, but you are being perfected in love. All right, so first thing you need to dip your spirit in so to speak, is meditation on the Word of God. Number one, meditation on the Word of God. To meditate on the Word, or we'll get more specific, let's meditate on love scriptures. Scriptures that talk about the love of God, tell you about God's love for you, God's love for others, God's love in you, God's love through you. Uh, Scriptures that tell you what you have on the inside and that you can live this kind of love on the outside. You can reveal it, disclose it. uh, You can uh, let people know that the love of God is on the inside of you. And so, by your actions, by your attitude, by your words, and the way you behave yourself toward them. So, he says uh, uh, here in Psalm 1, if you'll turn there with me, Psalm 1 and verse 1, <coughs> Psalm 1 verse 1, the psalmist uh, writing here, he said in verse 1, Blessed is a man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Blessed is a person that doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Now, in our world, we have a lot of ungodly counsel. It's not like you always go to a counselor or somebody that is uh, schooled in counseling. We're not talking about that. He's talking about just sitting in the seat of Sitting around, hanging around with people uh, that are ungodly in their communication to you. Ungodly counsel. People do that with television. People do that with music. They do that with media. They do that uh, just hanging out with people, right, sometimes. He said, uh, don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor... Sit in the seat, what, of the scornful. What else? Uh, Stand in the way of sinners or loitering with sinners, hanging out with sinners. And and that doesn't mean that you don't influence sinners or people that don't know Jesus and uh, have some influence in their life. But we're talking about letting them influence you. In other words, you don't let sinners and their mentality and their worldview and their philosophy influence your way of thinking. Or sit around with scornful people and, you know, in our world today we have so much communication. Somebody can express their thoughts, their views on social media and immediately it goes out and it could uh, speak to anybody in the world anywhere. And people are very scornful in their communication uh, many times. And so if you let the world form your thinking, then the world is going to form your thinking. In other words, this world is constantly communicating. But here he says, "Bless is a person that doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sit in, uh, what, uh, loiter around, hang around with sinners, or, or let them influence you, or uh, let, uh, sit in the seat of the scorner. Or in other words, you're not going to be the scorner, or you're not going to listen to scornful people. Next verse, but his delight, verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law, does he meditate, what, day and night? In his law, in his word, does he or she meditate day and night? Now, the word meditate means to, uh, to ponder, it means to think on, it means to pour over, it means to, uh, to speak, uh, to talk to yourself, to say uh, the Word of God over and over again in a low tone. It means to sing and to celebrate. In other words, it's not just thinking about it, not just pondering, not just pouring over it, but actually speaking the Word of God and saying it, singing the Word of God, saying it out of your mouth and verbally speaking the Word of God. So he says you are to meditate in the Word and you are to do it day and night. So when day ends, night comes. When night ends, day comes. And so there is this constant cycle of day and night. As long as this earth remains, there is going to be day and night. There's going to be summer and winter, cold and heat. That's what the Scripture says, seed time and harvest. So, uh, so the cycles occur. He said, That you are to meditate on the word day and night. So that means you're to continually meditate on the word of God. So if you are continually meditating on the Word of God, instead of sitting in the seat of the scornful, hanging out with sinners and letting them influence your philosophy, your thinking, or uh, sitting in, uh, 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 or sitting down and listening and absorbing this world's mind when people are, uh, are somewhat counseling you, communicating things to you, And you buy into it. Instead of that, he says, now you meditate on the word of God. You let God form your way of thinking. You let God uh, help you to think right. So when you're meditating on the word, it changes your thinking. It alters the way you think about life. It alters the way you think about other people. It alters the way you think about uh, your world and what your worldview is. So God's word can change the way you think. So he said we're to meditate on it so it does change the way we think. And what happens when we do? The next verse happens. And it happens to you. Verse 3, it says, And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. You're going to be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. In other words, you've got plenty of moisture. You've got plenty of water flowing to you so that you can grow. Man, you can take the same tree and you can plant it in Las Vegas. You can plant a tree and you can water it and that tree will flourish and grow. You can plant another one in the same yard, basically the same soil, and you don't water it and that tree will die. Or you give it a little bit of water, and it'll grow a little bit. But if you give it a whole lot of water, it'll grow a whole lot. In other words, what, what is watering you is going to produce. And you water yourself with the Word of God. And what happens? Of course, that's from Ephesians chapter 5 washing of the water by, of the word by the word so the word of god will cleanse you and it will cleanse out old wrong thinking and it will also put some new thinking in you and it will cause you to begin to bear fruit in your season your leaf will not wither and whatever you do will prosper. Whatever you do in life will prosper. Why? Because you are bearing fruit, or you are, are a fruit bearing Christian. And we could call that organic. Why? Because you're organically connected to Jesus. You are one with Jesus. He said, I'm the vine, you're the branches, John 15. I'm the vine, you're the branches. He that abides in me and I in him the same. That person will bear much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. But with and in and through him, you can produce the fruit of the Spirit. Praise God. Why? Because that's who you are. So you don't see a fruit tree just struggling to bear fruit, you know, stressing out to bear some peaches. If it's a peach tree, it just bears peaches. But sometimes there are things that get in that tree or get on that tree that hinder its fruitfulness. And so instead of letting this world get on you, so to speak, or get in your mind and start boring holes in your head, come on. And sucking the life out of you. No, thank God. I mean, if you know, I had some fruit trees, and boars got in those fruit trees, and man, you could see the sap just coming out of it, out of that bark, out of that tree. I mean, they were just sucking the life out of that tree. Why? It's sucking the sap out of your life. Listen, the devil wants to have you thinking in a way that just sucks the life out of you. But God wants you to meditate on the word that it puts life on the inside of you, and that life enables. Was you then to bear or produce fruit. So don't let the world control your thinking. Don't let the mind of this world, because this this world is mean. This world is bitter. This world is hateful. This world can be sometimes very cruel, but the love of God is on the inside of you. Don't let the world form you or put you or squeeze you into its mold, but let God remold your minds from within. The Holy Spirit gives you a new way of thinking, which gives you then a new way of talking, which gives you a new way of walking, a new way of living your life, and it's a life of love instead of the bitterness of soul. Praise God that this world lives in. Hallelujah. How many are glad to be saved? (laughs) Glory to God. So he said that you will produce fruit. You'll be fruitful. Now go with me to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And we see how that we can bear fruit as Christians. And actually in Galatians chapter 5. The Apostle Paul is contrasting the works of the flesh, which is anger and you could go on, bitterness, all kinds of stuff. You know, actually, Galatians chapter 5 is not an exhaustive list. So if you look at it, read it, and you say, wow, that's not anything I'm dealing with. Well, there's something else you are dealing with. So it's not an exhaustive list because at the end of it, he says, and the such like, anything like this. Uh, it would be a work of the flesh anything that is is in any relationship to the things that he has just stated he said that's the work of the flesh but then he contrasted it with the fruit of the spirit and the fruit of the spirit we'll look at verse 22 are you there in Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 he says but In contrast to the works of the flesh, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So he lists out these fruit of the Spirit, nine fruit of the Spirit. He says the fruit of the Spirit is love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. So if you're wondering where love comes from, it comes out of your spirit. It comes out of your heart. Because that's where you're born again. That's where you have the love of God on the inside of you. That's uh, where uh, you have received God's life and nature is in your spirit. And so if you're walking in the spirit, it says walk in the spirit. Earlier in the chapter, he said walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So how do you overcome the flesh? You walk in the spirit. (laughs) Because there's something greater on the inside called love that's greater than hate. And love always overcomes hate. Now he says the love of God's in you. You can bear this fruit of love because it is a fruit of the spirit. And then he says love and joy. In other words, I believe that the love of God is is actually key to bearing all the other fruit of the Spirit. If you're walking in love, you're going to have joy. Amen. Now, he said, thirdly, peace. If you're walking in love, you're going to have peace. Peace is a fruit of the Spirit. Long-suffering. If you're walking in love, you're long-suffering. Next is gentleness. If you're walking in love, you're going to be gentle. Goodness. If you're Walking in love, you're going to communicate goodness to people. Faith. Faithfulness. If you're walking in love. Meekness. Meekness. Temperance. Self-control. You'll maintain self-control if you're walking in love. So all of these fruit of the Spirit are affected by the love of God. And the love of God is in you because you're in Him. And if you're in Him, then His love is residing or abiding in your heart. But our goal is not just to have it in our heart. Our goal is to then have it as fruit in our lives. Or we could say you have the sap and you're connected to the vine, right? Jesus is the vine. You're the branch. And his life or his sap is flowing into you that then enables you as a branch to produce fruit. And so you have what it takes on the inside, but if you'll dip your spirit in the Word of God, it'll cause that your spirit man to become fuller, to increase, <coughs> and you'll enlarge spiritually, so to speak. You'll develop spiritually. The image of God in your spirit will come out. To, the, to your to uh, your eyes and to your uh, facial expression and to your words and to your attitude and to your actions and people are seen now that's jesus hallelujah And so, you're producing the fruit of the Spirit, and in this case, our primary focus is on the love of God. So, you're producing the fruit of love so that others can see it. Now, what does it mean to develop? To work out by degrees, to reveal, to make known gradually, or to put an exposed film or printing paper in various chemical solutions in order to make the picture visible so that people can actually see Jesus. Christ in you, Jesus in you, love in you, residing and abiding in your heart by faith. Now, how do you know for sure if you're walking in love? 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8. I'm going to read it to you in the Amplified Bible. Because we're talking about the first step or the thing you need to dip your spirit in is the Word of God. You need to meditate on the Word of God. And more specifically, meditate on love scriptures. So here's a good love scripture that every believer needs to spend some time meditating upon. (coughs) Excuse me. Now, I would encourage you. I would exhort you to take 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8, and just meditate on it. Read it to yourself every day for at least 30 days. And see if you could recognize yourself after 30 days. See if you could recognize a little change or variation in your behavior. Well, I trust you could, and I believe you would, because it works. If we will apply the Word of God to our lives in the beginning of application as you meditate upon it so that you get it on the inside, you get the Word in you. And the Word has then the power to change your thinking, that changes your words as well as your thinking, changes your words, it changes your attitude. Now, walking in love is a choice. But if you don't even have love defined or you don't know what love is, then you wouldn't even know if you did it. That's why God defines it for us. And you wouldn't know if you weren't doing it, perhaps. To some degree, you, don't, you, know, you just kind of think, I'm doing pretty good. All right, well, let's see what God says about love. Verse uh, 4, love endures long. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is patient and kind. So all you got to do is say, well, have I been patient? Have I been kind? Love never is envious nor bowls over with jealousy. So have you been envious? Have you been jealous? It is not boastful or vainglorious. It does not display itself haughtily. So have I been haughty in my attitude?" Or am I maintaining humility? Let's go to verse 5. It is not. Love is not arrogant and inflated with pride. So have I been prideful? Pride is a hard thing to recognize. When you have it. It's true. But love can disclose your attitudes that need to be adjusted. Amen. So he says... It is not rude. It is not unmannerly. It does not act unbecomingly. It doesn't act unbecomingly. In other words, Jesus is living in you, and you are to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, wear him like clothes. You put on the Lord Jesus. Put on love. You put on the fruit of the Spirit. You wear as something that is becoming to you. Instead of something that doesn't look good on you, so you know you go, ladies, you go to a a place to try on clothes in a store, and and usually the attendant, a person that is servicing you, will say that looks just amazing. (laughs) Sometimes you need to say, now don't lie to me. (laughs) All right, so. Some things look good on you, and some things don't look good on you, right? All right, so uh, love just looks good on you. You act becoming. It looks becoming. It, it fits you, praise God, because that's who you are. You're a new creation in Christ. You have the love of God in your heart. That's a representation of who you are on the inside. So when you walk in love, people recognize Jesus. It does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. Have I been insisting on my own rights or my own way? It is not self-seeking. It is not self-seeking. It's not selfish. It's not always looking out for you. Right? Huh? It's not touchier. Fretful or resentful. Oh, we can say it's not so overly, overly sensitive. Not touchy or fretful or resentful. Some people, they have a really short fuse. It, don't, it doesn't take much to light them up. Right? So he says... Not touchy, fretful, or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it, and it pays no attention to a suffered wrong. So it's not keeping records, you know, writing it down and making these mental notes. You know, I know. I saw what you did. Some people, they're very explosive, and they'll just let you know how they feel, and they're going to let you know right now. Other people, they just they got a longer fuse, but they are Explosive same dynamite same power it's going to blow something apart before you know it all right so but they'll let it ride for a while but they're plotting and planning they can't they kept the score they they they're keeping records you know Uh, nobody here that I know but it says doesn't Take account of the evil done to it. Pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness. That's a good one. Doesn't rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness. But it rejoices when right and truth prevail. What is right? It's not all about who's right. It's about what's right. If you establish what's right, then you can figure out who's right. But if your what's right is variable, then who's right it depends on who you like. But if your, if your what's right is clear, then it don't matter who's talking. You can figure out if they're right or not, right? So because your principle doesn't change and the truth doesn't change. God doesn't change his word to meet your philosophy, If he did, we'd have a confused world, and that's why we do. All right, so, because people think he does. Oh, well, you know, this is the way it is, because that's the way I believe. Years ago, when we first started passing the church, really nice guy, but it was really funny how he would say this. You know, you'd be talking, and he'd say something from the Bible. He'd say something really good, and then he'd say, that's how I feel about it. I was like, you could leave that last little phrase out, you know. It's really not dependent on how you feel about it, whether or not it's true. It's true because it's true. But people just, they think they can just uh, adjust God's word to their lifestyle and the way they think about life, and then it just fits them. No, no, that's not the way this thing works. God says the truth, and then your life lines up to the truth, (laughs) because if you get it the other way, you got a lot of confusion. That's why we have so much confusion in the world. But if you just say God's word is truth, and God cannot lie, and I'm going to line myself up with the word of God, because that's the way it truly is. It really is the truth. Amen. And so God can change your life when you believe the word of God and believe the truth and let that word form your thinking and then change your life is anybody hearing me this morning all right so love bears up under anything verse 7 it in everything that comes no matter what the pressure is love bears up under that it says it is ever ready to believe the best of every person and everybody ought to put at least a yellow highlight on that one Love believes ever ready to believe the best of every person. If you just take that little phrase right there and work with that for the next six months, boy, that'll take you a long ways down the road. Believes the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. It don't matter what's going on, no matter what the pressures are. Its hopes are fadeless. It endures everything without weakening. It, it maintains strength no matter what the pressures are in this world around us. Then it says, love never fails, never fades out, never becomes obsolete, and never comes to an end. And look, we could just preach on one line and work it for 30 minutes easy. But if you'll just take that word and meditate on it and meditate on it and go over it and over it and over it and then let your thinking be altered and changed to God's thinking. And so what you're doing is you're just dipping your spirit and your mind in the word of God until the Holy Spirit then causes the visible Jesus, the love of God, to to surface in your life. It changes the way you think. The way you talk, your attitude toward people. Some people are so stuck in their ways, their minds are like concrete. Thoroughly mixed and well set. But God wants to break through that concrete. You know, sometimes it takes a jackhammer of God's Word to just pop, 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 until... It breaks it loose. Stuff the way you've been thinking all these years, and you thought it was like, okay. But the Holy Spirit breaks through that stuff and causes you to see something different. How many want to see the way God sees? Think the way God thinks. Talk the way God wants you to talk. Live the way God wants you to live. And I can assure you, based on the Word of God, one of those ways is walking in love. Praise God. So dip yourself in the word and meditate on God's word and more specifically meditate on love scriptures. Number two, obey God's commandments. Obey his word. Obedience. Hallelujah. Well, let me give you a scripture in in Joshua chapter one. It says, this book of the law, verse eight, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, means you keep it on your lips. Shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Another one of those day and night scriptures. Meditate therein day and night so that you may observe to do. So the reason for meditation is so you can observe so you can actually do something with it. That you may observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then you will make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. (laughs) Now, God has given us the key to success, didn't he? Meditate on the word, observe it, and then do it. When you see something, then you start acting on it. Acting like the Bible is true. And when you act on the word of God, that's when it produces fruit in your life. It's not enough for you to be able to quote 29 scriptures, part A and B of the verse. I mean, the key is observing to do. And then if you do it, it brings forth fruit or produces fruit in your life. So it brings us to this point. Obey God's commands. Remember, Jesus talked about the person that heard the word and did it and the person that heard the word and didn't do it. He said the person that heard the word and didn't do it is like a person building his house on the sand. When the uh, rains come and the floods come, it just washes his house away. But if he builds his house on hearing and doing the word... Then it's like a man who builds his house on a rock. When the same rain, same flood, same pressure comes, his house stands. It endures everything without weakening. Praise God. Why? It's built on the word. It's built on not just hearing it, but doing it. And so when you hear the word and do, like, like James says, don't just be a hearer only, but be a doer of the word because a hearer only is one who deceives himself. But a person that hears the word and does the word, he's building a house that is going to stand and endure the test of time and trials that come to your life. And everybody's going to have some tests in this love walk. How many understand what I'm talking about? You have some tests at the house, at home. You have some tests on the job. You have some tests at church. Imagine that. All those <laughs> spiritual people, and you still have some love tests at the church. No, you have tests no matter where you go. You're going to have some tests whether or not you're going to walk in love. Let's look at 1 John chapter 2. We'll begin with verse 5. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 5. The Apostle John, of course, in the Gospel of John and then also in the Epistles of John, <coughs> writes a lot about the subject of love. So in 1 John chapter 2, and we'll begin with verse 5, it says, But whoso keepeth his word in him, verily, is the love of God perfected. Whoever keeps his word in that person is the love of God perfected. So hearing the word, but now keeping it, doing it. In that person is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. There's recognition that we're in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk. Even as he walked, the person who is abiding in him should also walk in him. And he didn't just say, just walk in him. He said, even as he walked. Now, you're to love even as Christ has loved you, even as God loves you, even as, in the same way. This is the kind of love God wants us to walk in. Now, Amplified Bible renders it this way, but he who keeps treasures his word, he who bears in mind his precepts, who d- observes his message in its entirety, truly in him has the love of and for God been perfected. In him has the love of and for God been perfected, completed, and reached maturity. So that's what we're after as Christians. We're wanting to mature in this love. We want to develop in the love of God, completed, and reached maturity. By this, we may perceive, know, recognize, and be sure that we are in him. Because our love walk has reached some developmental stage or or maturity uh, level, some level of maturity, and and not uh, to the total perfection. You know, the love of God is perfect, but you're still being perfected, right? But if you'll dip yourself in obedience, amen, you'll just do the word, then it'll bring forth that kind of fruit and productivity in your life. The love of God will come out of you. Now let's go to 2 John uh, chapter 1. 2 John chapter 1, and we'll go to verse 5. 2 John 1, verse 5. It says, now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. That we love one another. And this is love that we walk after his commandments. So if you're walking after his commandments, he said, this is love. Whatever God commands you to do, I can tell you it is an act of love. Anything God would command you to do would be an act of love. This is the commandment that as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. Just walk in what you have heard. Be a doer of God's word. The Amplified Bible says it this way, and what this love consists in is this, that we live and walk in accordance with and guided by his commandments, his orders, ordinances, precepts, and teaching. We are guided by this, in accordance with the word of God, what God has taught us. This is the guide for our life. He said, this is a commandment, as you have heard from the beginning, that you continue to walk in love, guided by it and following it. So you just think about, if you were meditating on 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8, in the Amplified Bible, every time you are faced with situations or pressures or temptations in your life, maybe not to walk in the love of God, pressures not to walk in the love of God, not to speak or respond in the love of God, you could refer to what you've been meditating on, love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love is not boastful. It is not vainglorious. Love, ah, never seeks its own. It is not self-seeking. Love. Come on. You just take it out. This is my guide. This is what is leading me. This is what is my guide for me to know whether or not I'm walking in love or to make a right choice to walk in love. Praise God. We can recognize it when we are meditating on 1 Corinthians chapter 13. You are able to recognize that what you want to do in your flesh right now. Come on. The works of the flesh. What you want to do in your flesh is to not walk in love what you want to do is to react to what they just said or what they just did or their behavior whatever they said to you or did to you you just want to react in your flesh but your spirit says ah love is patient love is kind love is not boastful it is not self-seeking it does not take account of the evil done to it it's not keeping records Love believes the best of every person. Love believes the best of that person. Maybe they didn't behave properly, but I believe the best of them. I believe they just in a pressure moment right now, and they just yielded to the flesh. I believe they're a new creation in Christ. If they are, if they're born again, you believe the best of them. You believe. Come on. You believe the best. And you give them grace in the moment. I said you give them grace in the moment because you believe that God's still working in them just like he's still working in you. Hallelujah. I'm glad God is still working in you. He's patient with you, so therefore he's patient with them. He's kind to them. He's kind to me. I'm going to be patient, and I'm going to exercise patience right now, and the love of God is going to dominate my soul, dominate my attitude, dominate my words, and my response right now is going to be an act of love. Hallelujah. And sometimes that act of love is just forgive it and forgive them and forget about it. And just go on with your day, go on with your life. Sometimes love might be to tell them the truth. You know, at the right time and in the right way, in the spirit of meekness, because love is kind, love is meek. So uh, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. In other words, don't just tell them off. Say, that's the way I feel. I know it. I know it. We all know you feel that way. But you don't go by your feelings. You go by your faith in Jesus and your faith in God. And there's something bigger on the inside than what your flesh is. And something on the inside can rule you in the moment. And you can make a choice to walk in love even though your flesh wants you to react. I'm preaching better than you're amen and right now. But we believe the Holy Spirit is our helper, and he can talk to us wherever we're at, in whatever moment, whatever situation. The Holy Spirit can help us in the moment, and he can help us to make the right choice and decision. Thank you for joining us at Word of Life Christian Center, where we seek to move upward in prayer and worship, inward in discipleship, and outward in evangelism. We are so excited that you decided to connect with what God is doing here. And if you want to learn more, go to wordoflifelv.com.